Hello everyone and welcome back to the Females in Motorsport podcast. We are only a few short weeks away now from the US Grand Prix, so I'm very excited to have with me here Katie Chow, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Circuit of the Americas to discuss what goes on behind the scenes of one of the most iconic races on the F1 calendar. Hi Katie, it is so nice to see you again. How are you doing? Hi, it's so great to be here. I'm doing well. We are, you know, ramped up and ready to go. So it's very exciting to talk about all of the hard work that this team has put into the US Grand Prix. And I'm happy to see your face. Yeah, me too. I know we had a chance to meet in June when we did the media day, which was it kind of gave me a sneak peek into what you guys are capable of. I have never been to the US Grand Prix before. So for me, everything was completely new at the circuit. And obviously, you guys did the media day like exceptionally well. It was one of the best days of my life, like true Thank core you. memory <laughs> unlocked. Um, but I know that so many people who've been to the race before are always saying how it's truly one of the best experiences it's one of the best fan experiences it's one even one of the best team experiences i've had a lot of presenters say that as well where they'll say it's like one of their favorite races to go to so clearly you guys are doing something right that's so sweet to hear honestly whenever we get feedback like that i feel like everyone just is so proud to be a part of this race you know we put a ton of time um heart and soul into <laughs> this and always want to make sure that it continues to feel like the race for the people and the race for the fans um i think some people call it the people's gp you know so uh, it's great to get that feedback and so glad you obviously had a fantastic time if you took a look at the campus today you wouldn't even recognize it from <laughs> june it looks so different <laughs> oh my god i know it was so surreal to see everything completely empty um that was so crazy because obviously i've only seen it on tv so seeing it also what surprised me was like the garages are smaller than i thought they would be and you guys are a permanent track so that's probably how as big as it can probably get which is so interesting to me like those are, those are close quarters that's interesting it's pretty cool too how some of the garages work together to become you know one sort of larger mm -hmm. garage um you know with our 30 plus and so it's fascinating to watch how it shifts and changes depending on who's on track and who we have on campus um, and how those garages have turned into, I mean, you know, they, they host these formula one teams, but they also host um, different local businesses for some of their, you know, banquets and things like that. It's kind of amazing. Um, we're such a unique and flexible, nimble space, you know, um, which most people don't expect from a racetrack. hundred percent. When I was, um, I think we were in the garage and we were going to do the hot laps. And yeah. I, I didn't realize that I'm standing in a garage right now. I walked outside and I could see the pit lane and then obviously the starting grid um, also. And then I was like, wait, is this a garage? Like what? What is going on right now? <laughs> it took me like a second because you just don't recognize it without all like the F1 team merch and like mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. So um, yeah, it was definitely a very interesting experience for me. So I'm excited if everybody else is going to be attending it this year. But I want to take it back a few months more and ask you guys this question because I know I asked you this before, but when do you guys start planning for the race? And when you do start planning, what is like the number one goal you want to reach? Is it more to like get more attendees? Is it just to create a fan experience for whoever is there? Is it to get more investors for next year? What is like your one goal? You know, honestly, I mean, we start planning the coming year's Grand Prix 
the day after um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the one that we're doing currently ends. And it's not necessarily that we hit the ground with orders and you know full-fledged communication strategy, but we're looking at everything that occurred, what we did, what we could do better, and recapping, you know, recording, getting metrics, uh, all those things. And so we're already thinking about it. Honestly, we're already thinking about next year's before it even happens because there's things in the process of planning that you don't necessarily, I, I, I think you can't necessarily anticipate them coming to you or whether it's an idea or a full-fledged opportunity. And so what we've decided is, hey, you know, we want to continue every single year bringing something that people don't expect and um, brings a new element. If you've come to every single year of the race, you know, you'll get something new out of it. And so we'll look at it and say, okay, maybe we can't do it for this year, but we can do it for next year. And so, you know, we're always looking at those opportunities and our goal is 100%, you know, like I said earlier, to keep it the race for the people. We want everyone to feel welcome. We want it to feel like you can come out on campus, whether you're coming alone or whether you've never been before and feel like you're surrounded by friends, family, and neighbors. And that is 100% um, the goal every single year because it's so true and authentic to our identity as the United States Grand Prix and as the only permanent track and the the ones who've been doing it now for over 10 years we found a really amazing recipe that resonates with new fans and legacy fans alike and are so proud of that like you said earlier too that everyone you talk to says Mm -hmm. it's if not my favorite grand prix on the calendar it's in my top three and we want to hold on to that and so our goal is just continue to provide the most amazing fan and guest experience. And if we keep doing that, I think we'll continue to see success in every single race that we host. Yes, absolutely. And I know you guys are surrounded with a really amazing team too. And I mean, this is no uh, surprise, but it really does take a village to put together what you guys are putting together. Um, so I kind of want to know from you, how would you how do you guys even plan of something of that scale? And can you give our listeners an idea of the scale um, in any way, uh, in any way, shape or form? It's pretty amazing. So at uh, Circuit of the Americas, obviously we host, yes, we host the Formula One United States, United States Grand Prix, but we also host the Red Bull GP of the Americas. We host local community events, um, whether it's a holiday event called Peppermint Parkway or you know a local community bike night on Tuesdays. So we host events of all scale. Our full-time staff is about 100 people. I mean, it's not big. We are not a huge company. Um, so for the United States Grand Prix, we'll bring in just for the guest services side, almost 800 employees just for the weekend oh my weekend of services only so if you think about our staff full-time staff being only a hundred people you multiply that by eight and that's what we have just for those three days for just one department and that is just guest services that's insane Um, that's insane yes (laughs) because i was gonna say a hundred people that's lesser than most formula one teams basically Uh 800 people is probably closer to like a bigger (laughs) f1 team but even that is massive because if you think of an f1 team there's so much going on there with the factory and all those things so if you put that into perspective for 
any Formula One listeners. That is incredible. And we'll have, you know, I mean, we've got a 1500 acre campus, 3.4 one mile track. And so we need every single area, you know, to have assistance for people to have resources. So it's, it is amazing to think about that. And I currently, you know, run a team of about 10 uh, full-time employees. And you look at that and we'll even bring on a couple of contractors and volunteers to help out with the weekend because it is 100% all hands on deck. And what's so cool is that there are some volunteers who've come every single year oh, uh, since 2012 and they just love it so much. And they'll come back doing everything from being, um, you know, a race marshal to being a media center credential employee to driving shuttles and, um, you know, whether it's the big shuttles or like our, you know, off campus or just little golf carts on track. It's, it's really cool. People love this weekend. And, um, you know, I think for us, we are so impressed by the amount of, well, the amount that we can get done. Plain and simple. If you think about it, that team of 100, that core team that's here all year round, that's working on every single event, has their hands in, you know, the cookie jar trying to make it make it possible. And um, to really be able to see it kind of come to fruition with the assistance of all these different contract and volunteer employees. Um, you're right. It does take a village. So. It really does. <laughs> so walk me through. OK, it's Monday. The weekend, the race weekend is approaching. It's this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What is your Monday looking like before that weekend? <laughs> well, honestly, I think we get into full fledged mode. I want to say August 1st, but it's <laughs> it's not um, it's definitely not quite August 1st. I think by mid-September, I mean, we're we're sprinting to the finish line. And by October 1st, it's game time. You know, we have um, everything pretty much prepped and ready to go, of course. But it's something about that transition into the new month. And all of a sudden it's, you know, the USGP month and our city of Austin also has ACL that happens the two weekends mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So it's a busy, busy month plus Halloween the weekend after. So Austin is just crazy busy already. And so I think we feed off of that energy. Um, but I think the Monday before is usually focused on getting those volunteers and contract staff um, prepped and trained. And that could be everything from, you know, running through our minute by minute schedule mm -hmm. to drive around this campus in a golf cart for five hours until you know every single which way to go until you know that you see that building and then you need to cross that road to get to this place. I mean, you know, be able to do it in less than 10 minutes and, you know, just all these kind of fun and funky challenges because once there are hundreds of thousands of people on campus, the campus looks different. And so you need to be able to know how to get from point A to point B, of course, but there's only so much that can prepare you for it, which is, I think, why so many come back and why we look to have people back who've mm. done it before because they have that experience. Totally. And it's the Monday after the race weekend. What does that Monday look like for you? I am sleeping. Good night. <laughs> Do not bother. Do not disturb. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I was hoping you would say that. I yes. was really hoping you would say that. Definitely sleeping. I think I had the audacity of like trying to spend time with family that had come in town last year. And by, you know, 11 a.m. I said, hey, how does just going back to my house and sitting on the couch sound to everyone? Because <laughs> 
I really don't have anything left in me to do um, to run around the city. So it's, and I'd, I'd say that goes for pretty much everybody on campus yep. because you're just running Mach 2, yeah. um, you know, for weeks straight. And then you got the, you have to have the crash. So 100%. I don't blame you at all. I love how you started that statement with like, I have the audacity. No, you earned it. <laughs> you absolutely earned that. Um, you don't know okay. any other you know speed than than full send here so exactly so i know that a few years ago the U- the u.s grand prix in austin was the only american race mm-hmm. now we have two more races on the calendar in, in the u.s which is miami and vegas mm-hmm. so how do you guys continue to position yourself when there's new locations being added every year yeah absolutely you know, um, for us, I think we love the idea that people are excited about Formula One in America. So that's great. So the presence of two other races is wonderful. We're happy to have um, Miami and Las Vegas on the calendar because we're all so different. And we not only just based off of our location on the continent, but also because of you know, who we are. I think for us, yes, we're the United States Grand Prix, you know, we're the original, you could look at us as the, you know, the mom, so to speak, like of the races. (laughs) Um, And people look to us for what do we do? How do we do it? Um, We're an example set, right? And then I think the, you know, the two newer races really bring in such a unique, I think, personality feels like a great word for it. You know, Miami has that fun vibe being, you know, over, yes, still in the South, but Mm -hmm. um, over on the East Coast and, you know, close to the warm waters, which you don't have over on the, you know, the Vegas side. I'm from Northern California. And I can tell you right now, the lakes in Nevada are not warm. And, (laughs) um, you know, the Pacific Ocean and just the, the culture of the people and, Vegas as such an insanely cool tourist destination and very iconic. It's it's a city that, you know, you can say the name of and people will know. But our track is the only permanent. It is a 3.41 mile purpose built track that was designed not only for challenging the drivers and, you know, the race strategy, because it looked at every single track that's out there or that was out there, you know, prior to 2012 and said, okay, which ones are the best circuits, not only for racing, but for the fans, where are they going to get an entertaining race? Um, And how do we make their viewing the best possible on our campus? And so we took elements of, you know, the best of the best of Singapore, of Silverstone, of Australia, um, looked at the landscape of the actual like hills that we're sitting in Mm -hmm. and said okay cool you know we can build this amazing incline with a hairpin turn that if you're sitting up there as a guest at turn one you can see almost the entire track because you're on that elevation and then if you're a driver of course you can't see anything because you're going (laughs) straight up and then having to make a turn and so it's exciting and nerve-wracking for both parties and so that they you know can't really be taken away from us because we have that permanence that you can come visit 365 we have um 
that thoughtfulness that went behind the creative elements of this track sure we are not on an iconic you know strip of hotels and resorts like vegas but if you're you know a true race fan this track is so exciting with the overtakes and the challenges but then you also look at the culture of people Mm. we like having or honestly we like being told that we are the people's <laughs> run free and um the race for the fans because we are the most affordable and the friendliest and i would like to contribute that to a lot of the hospitality of you know texas and um and that kind of bleeding into just the the overall atmosphere of the event but really it comes down to and I, I'm not going to necessarily quote this just because I said it. We interviewed hundreds of fans that have been here every single year since 2012, last year, because it was the 10th anniversary. And we were really excited to get to talk to these fans. And the common recurring theme from these fans was that you could look to your left and you could look to your right. And if you are a, Let's go for it because it's his race. Who are we even kidding? If you're a Daniel Ricardo fan and mm. on your left is a Lewis <laughs> Hamilton fan yeah. and on your right is a Max Verstappen fan, everybody can still get along and say, I hope you have a good race mm. and, you know, give, give each other a fist bump and um, have a great time, you know, with the beer in hand or whatever. Um, and I think that isn't necessarily the case, especially many of these fans who have, um, been to races you know whether it's monaco or silverstone or things like that and because we're an open campus where you can walk literally all the way around the track if you want to um you can't do that at every track and so our you know grounds passes that allow you to just check out everything or even if you have a reserve seat you can still walk all the way around you're not segmented and so we feel like there that brings a bit of warmth into you know who are these people that you're maybe becoming friends with And so many stories of the fans saying, I actually now continue to always buy these seats because my neighbor, my seat neighbor, and I became friends over years and they come and visit each other in their same seats every single day. Wait, I love that. It's amazing. Um, So we just heard from that, whether it's, yeah, this is your annual visit and hang out with each other, or it's a group of your college friends that for the last 10 years, this was like, this is like your college reunion, you know, and they come and they meet up here and they have their three days together. There's so many unique stories, family reunions. Um, We got engaged here. So we come every year for that. Everything you could think of. And I think that's what makes us so special is that we have become this place for people to come together and people to have a great weekend with people that they care about. And that, um, that, that friendliness, that neighborliness, that, yeah, Southern hospitality, if you will. Um, I think that's very unique to Austin and to the United States Grand Prix. And so, again, super grateful to have so much fandom in the U.S. for the sport that we now have two additional races. Um, but we love who we are to that core of being, um, you know, everybody's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend to like not agree. I mean, I haven't even been to the US Grand Prix. I always used to say that I would never go to the Miami Grand Prix because I'm not a fan of the track personally. So, but well, I did go earlier this year. To be, to be, to be fair to me, I decided very last minute that I'm going to go. But I did go and it was definitely a great experience. But I went with people who've been to 
a thousand races before and everybody agreed that it was a really good race experience but everybody was like just wait till you get to the u.s grand prix just wait till you get to austin um so i am personally definitely very very excited also i can't believe people get engaged that's so cute it's amazing i mean we um have had so many requests for can we take our our engagement photos or our wedding photos on your campus because this is actually where we where we met and then we came back the next year and our families met at the race and then the next year we got engaged at the race i mean oh the God. coolest cutest stories that you wouldn't believe and um you know there's memories like this is a yeah. place for people to make memories and we're honored by that and um i personally haven't been to miami and i i'm not sure if i'll be at vegas this year or not but you'll have to let me know your thoughts going um having gone to miami and then obviously once you come for our race because I'd love to think that almost no matter who comes out, that they're going to have that positive experience um, and it'll land at least within their top favorites. So. 100%. I, I have no doubt. Uh, wait, that's so cute, though. That like this, oh, That's adorable. Um, I also know you mentioned Daniel Ricardo, so I have to ask, <laughs> how the hell did you guys bring him on a horse last year? <laughs> like, I ha- like, is there a special permit for this? Like, I really need to understand <laughs> what happened. Honestly, that was all him. Um, I have some amazing connections that allowed me to find out about it just before it happened. They kept it extremely hush-hush, which was super impressive. <laughs> um, I don't even know if you should quote me on this, but Formula One didn't even know he was doing it. <laughs> like, it was literally a him thing. Um, and I love that for him personally. But we found out about it through a, um, a connect that I had via McLaren and his PR at McLaren knew about it. And so we saw them like running over to the gate and I was like, oh my God, like we gotta go over there. We gotta see what's happening. And um, I was one of the first people to get a video on my phone and I immediately sent it to our social team. I was like, we need to post this right now. This is so funny. Um, Horsey McHorse had like, you know, a paddock badge and everything. And yeah. It was so iconic. Um, yeah, big props to Daniel for that brainchild, but it was all him. That's incredible. Can't take credit. That's Can't take so credit. funny that he didn't say anything. Like, imagine you didn't know and he did like, this. Is like a horse just showed up at the stadium and you're just like, okay, all right, I guess you could come in. Like, I don't know how this works. Yeah. yeah. When I was in Hungary, um, we were doing some filming with the drivers and, um, Yuki actually brought it up where he's we were talking about favorite memories, you know, at the US Grand Prix. And Yuki looks over at Daniel. And he's like, I think I remember last year you came in on a horse. Like, is that right? <laughs> and Daniel just started laughing. And honestly, we all started laughing because we're like, I don't think anyone's going to forget that. No, it's just it's completely unforgettable. It's absolutely insane. And when I tell you being right there, too, they had this little, um, obviously, because they had the guitar player, you know, that was like walking by Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Um, And he was so in character and like so serious while this filming was happening. And um, I mean, it was like from the moment that the gate opened and just like walking through watching this production happen, because of course, people (laughs) have seen the videos. But I think getting to see it in person, I was like, this man, I think he found the wrong career. I honestly think that he to go into like movies and television. I think he's a great driver obviously but oh my god what a content genius he's Mm -hmm. a content genius like either he could be an actor or he could be a marketer he is definitely not like he's not you know successful but yeah he could be as successful if not more in a different field for sure absolutely i mean i look at it as everyone in a lot of ways you know 
we can kind of have multiple careers in our life. It's not that you're bad at one thing or, you know, only good at one thing. It's just that we have so many different passions and, you know, life can be a little too short to just do one thing forever. And so obviously he's had a phenomenal career and is an incredible driver um, and so dedicated to the sport, but he could really have a full career in entertainment for sure. No doubt about it. Would Um, you hire him? (laughs) I like, I mean, he could just literally like live on campus at Coda, and I think we'd have people That's coming true. in and buying tickets just to like say hello 365 That's days so a year. I mean, we could set him up a little throne like in our grand plaza, and he could just do meet and greets forever. 100%. Um, I would come, I would fly from New York just to I mean, stand up comedy on our amphitheater stage, or you know, come and do track laps every Friday with Daniel. There's just too much good stuff, and we obviously know how much he loves the city as well. and um, and we're so grateful. I mean, everything that he has done for us too, because he's been such a phenomenal advocate for this race and for this city. And, um, you know, I'd say it's very safe to say both in the city and here at Coda, you know, we love him just as much as he loves us. And so, um, yeah, if he wanted a job here, oh, you bet your bottom dollar, we'd find a way. <laughs> I wonder what, what he'll do with the sale. We'll see. I may or may not get some inside scoop on that later, but I I will have to keep my lips sealed. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sure something is going to happen. I would be very surprised. I'd be like, you have to follow that up with something now. You know, it's going to be tough reading. to top. It's going to be tough to top and though, because now true. there's expectations. So, but you know, if anyone can top it, it's probably him. It so. is him. It is absolutely him. <laughs> we will find a way. That is for sure. So, speaking of content genius, like Daniel Ricardo. Obviously, we met on a creator and media day in June, which was absolutely amazing. And particularly what stuck out to me was that, at least to my knowledge, you guys are the only track that's doing a very dedicated media creator day on such a pretty large scale. I would say you guys had at least like 20, 30 people Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like a full-blown experience. Obviously, we had karting, which we don't want to talk about because I absolutely sucked. (laughs) And then we had the hot laps, which were literally on my bucket list. I'm like, they were on my life bucket list. You know, there's a bucket list where things you don't Mm -hmm. think you'll ever get to do, but you want to do. That's the bucket list it was on. And you were kind enough to even have someone, a female driver for me, which I was like, on top of the moon about so (laughs) that was incredible that's the kind of stuff you guys do though you guys are just you know just go out of your day to make sure somebody has a great experience and I did but I do think that you guys are really engaging creators in a really incredible way so I want to know from you where do you think from your from the PR marketing side the creator economy is going in Formula One and especially when you think about American creators yeah absolutely it's really interesting i think like you said though we have we might be one of the only tracks if not the only track to do something like this um at least i haven't seen any other content um like that but i think it's because we have the unique ability with the 365 days a year that we have this track to do that Um, we have the resources and we are constantly running um whether like i said it's a teeny tiny you know karting party or um, the F1 USGP. And so for us, we look at, well, I'll say actually for me, um, you know, I came on to this team with a very different background. I was not in motorsports. I wasn't even really in sports. And um, I was in the entertainment and tourism industry. But my, um, I think my 
understanding of PR really comes from a, a deep knowledge in social. Um, I actually spent a lot of my career focused on social. And so coming onto this team and you know running the marketing communication side, to me, it makes only sense to stray away a little bit from totally traditional PR and look to the future. Um, if you spend any time on social media and you're interested in the sport, you're gonna see creators on your feed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. Whereas if you look at even going back a, a year or two to paid advertisements, really before, you know, TikTok became huge. So let's say three, oh gosh, we're in 2023, um, right, three years ago, <laughs> it hurts a little bit. Um, and you look at before, you know, TikTok became huge and, you know, thanks to the, the shutdown and everything that that was our way to connect with the world. Social really changed in that landscape. And um, I was working with social b before and after and during. And so I really got to see that transition and how social became a way for people to get news, to learn new things. You DIY something, mm -hmm. cooking recipes, mm -hmm. all of those different um honestly, even education, there were teachers that were therapists that are posting on social mm -hmm. and posting reels and TikToks to become, you know, have these social platforms become a learning platform. And so for me, when I took over the team, sorry, this is a very like long winded way of answering <laughs> this question. But I think it's important to understand the why um, okay. is that we're in such a unique market um, in the motorsports world, because it is not football, especially in America, right? Is not football, is not basketball. Mm -hmm. It is not our, one of our ball sports, baseball, mm -hmm. that we are just so homegrown about. And, you know, we, we love our ball sports. And that is okay. Um, and then they can both totally coexist. But when you look at this new phenomenon that came out, especially with Drive to Survive and how it really hit at a peak time again, where, you know, people were kind of shut down in their homes and you've got this Netflix series that's teaching you about it. And you've got social media to kind of lend itself mm -hmm. with that to absorb more content. It only made sense for me to come into this role and approach it. Like, where is our audience the same way that we meet our audience where they are in order to bring them to the U S Grand Prix, why, whether it's making it affordable or putting tickets at Costco, we're looking to meet people where they are. And so for us, we still definitely continue to target traditional media outlets. Um, and, you know, we have journalist interviews and things like that. But it is so key to tap into creators because creators are going to be the ones, especially for us, specific. I'm calling this out to specific to the USGP. Mm. If we're going to maintain this people's Grand Prix and the race for the fans, that's where we meet people where they are by finding content creators like Huge shout out to F1 Caroline right now. Um, we found her when she had maybe 11,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. I mean, you know, small. She, yeah. A reel had popped up on my feed on Instagram. She had a little bit more on Instagram, I think, than she had at TikTok at the time. Um, but we sent her an email and we were like, this is really just fun content that is very wholesome. I hadn't seen it before, something like it. And so... Um, you know, hey, what would you want to do? Would you be interested in like coming out? Where are you located? Started those conversations. And now I look at her channels. I think she has quadrupled, if yes. not like 
quintupled <laughs> all of her reach. It's insane. Um, her engagement is incredible and just the level of growth that she's had. And so you look at something like that and her fans are interested in what she's doing and they care about what she has to say because it started here and it grew into this group of people that are connected with someone. And when you have that level of a relationship or it feels like a relationship like with an individual is much better than seeing an ad on TV because 100%. you want to you want to take the trust from that person. If your best friend tells you where to go shopping, you're going to go try that swimsuit on from where your best friend told you to go rather than the ad that you saw on TV. And so I took my approach to, you know, our marketing and communication strategy with that in mind where it was like, okay, how can we figure out a way to get our message out? through verifiable, trustworthy sources. And to the fans, their trustworthy sources are coming from social media. And so, you know, I feel like it's only growing and we're only continuing with it. Um, we're really excited to continuing, continue developing our program and having an event like that every single year where we can bring something different to the table. Um, you know, we do, we did a creator event as well for MotoGP. Um, I'm also just so excited to help the creators grow their careers, um, especially when it's something that they're passionate about, whether it's providing opportunities for them to get content. Um, we'll do plenty of one-off tours. I mean, you, you know, we did one um, just to make it possible. And I think that, again, that kind of trust and relationship goes both ways where if we have a phenomenal relationship with the creator, they have a phenomenal relationship with their fans. It becomes this triangle of trust. Um, and it's really, it's been extremely successful for us and um can't wait to see where it goes so yeah i love that i also i always always say that i feel like with f1 and creators and motorsport creators specifically i feel like we are at a point in history where we were with like fashion lifestyle influencers like 10 to 12 years ago yep. where i think movers and shaker brands like circuit of the americas for example in the motorsport world were recognizing that value but maybe other brands were not. So I mm -hmm. think from that perspective, it also lends an advantage to Coda. Let's say you're partnering with, let's say, F1 Caroline again. I think, mm -hmm. again, building that trust from day one versus, you know, if it comes later when she or when any other creator already has, like, say, 100K followers, mm -hmm. it seems a little be less credible versus when you're growing with somebody. Yes, um, so I think that's also very smart for you guys to be able to find not just creators who have big followings, but also who are growing like and I think Caroline is a great example I mean also that girl's brain is not normal she like I saw filming and media day I still can't get over that because Caroline had a list of content and she yeah. was like she was on it and I, I do have to say this that I do think that her brain is just like so so creative she is yeah. such a creative genius and the engagement Absolutely. on her posts and everything is incredible and I found it also like randomly one day scrolling on TikTok and yeah. you know how the algorithm works on TikTok high the engagement high you're going to show up on other people's yeah. feeds anyway so um yeah, I think I, I love that you guys are really tapping into creators so early on. And I do think that other tracks and other series are probably going to have to start doing it sooner rather than later. Well, happy to, you know, start um, sparking, you know, the ideas and the yeah. fires because I do believe it's important. And, you know, someone like Caroline, she is 100% a creative genius, but she's also 
so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. She cares so much and that shows in her organization and dedication of creating the content. And I feel like every time she does any sort of, you know, open question, she responds to every single person. And she has such a humbleness and a gratitude about her. And honestly, that's what we look for in our creators. We will redline people that we have a bad experience with. And we will (laughs) 100% always choose to invite people back that are also wonderful human beings. Because to us, that again, also comes through in the genuineness of the content and the trust piece. And we're not going to work with people that we feel like are only in it for the show or, you know, only in it for the money type of a situation. And of course, I mean, it's, it's art and it should, you Mm -hmm. know, it should be well-funded. It's not to say that it's not worth it. It's just that the care and the passion for a product and let's call our, you know, show or our race a product is visibly seen and you can tell when it is a paid ad versus when it is someone talking about something that they just really 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 love and so for us it's absolutely key to make sure that all the relationships that we have are um built through that kind of network um so you yeah you look at someone like emma um from track talk and same thing you know i think they only had like a couple hundred, 600 followers on Instagram at the time. And now they're, you know, up into the thousands and we're getting to watch them grow. And they had such immense gratitude and again, dedication for what they were doing. And it's really amazing to see. And we love to be a part of that journey. And so if I could give any advice, you know, to either motorsport brands, you know, manufacturers or circuits that are trying to get into the game, it's doing that research and figuring out who are your biggest fans Mm -hmm. already and how do you bring them out and, um, you know, tap into their creative lens. So it's not just coming from you because um, it's not like we really had to convert anyone, so to speak. (laughs) We just kind of found people who have spoken about Michaela is one of them actively speaks about how much she loves this race. um, And, you know, it was a easy breezy connection just from that. So yeah. Oh, Michaela is my favorite person on this planet. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we absolutely. were just texting about the summer I turned pretty. So, you know, we're, <laughs> oh my God. we're in a little bit of a, a, little I think bit she's of a rut now. I twice over. already. She's, yeah. yeah, she's loving it. Oh my God. Yeah. And also, I, I think just to, just this coming off um, the conversation about Michaela, you meet people who are just, you know, so warm and friendly and genuine. And for me, someone I started working in motorsport not even working like I volunteer at females in motorsport I've been doing it for less than a year now and I think it's people like that who really get me going because you know on top Mm -hmm. of a full-time job it's not always something that you know I'm just like I'm done with work at like let's say 5 p.m and then I'm like okay like now I have to do this and I have to do Mm -hmm. that so sometimes it gets you know it gets a little bit hard um sometimes all you just want to do is lay in bed and not do anything and just you know watch like an episode of friends or something like that mm-hmm. um but i do think it's people like that who really help define your experience Absolutely. um and i think with creators that's the same thing with a fan i think creators help define fan exp- experiences as well mm-hmm. so 100%. i love that yeah i just love that you guys are doing this well, I, I really that. do hope sincerely that other people do start <laughs> seeing that because even even outside of like fan engagement, it also is clearly successful for you guys um, and has been for the past few years. And I do think creator economy is growing. And again, even from that perspective, it just makes sense to mm-hmm. be, you know, um, someone 
or a brand that is already working with the creator just to be able to get to that core audience that initial audience of that creator definitely i mean you look at um the relationships that y'all built right just on that one day of all being yeah. together too yeah. um and how it's not even necessarily about the relationship you know for us the track and the creator it's also about how connected those creators can get with each other and how they can help each other out totally. too right and um you know that builds more and prevent presents more opportunities and um that same type of welcoming environment that you all presented each other with um does is the same you know it mirrors right the fan experience that we have here so again it stays true to our core identity and um i love you know seeing y'all at events together now um that aren't even on our campus and you know you have those memories to share and so my hope for creators moving forward is that it it continues to be an environment especially you know for the all of the female creators in the motorsports world yeah. continues to be an environment where um it's nothing but supporting and building each other up and helping each other get where they want to go because um, it's really beautiful to see it's very cool 100 i do think it um it really just it changes the way you think about the industry especially as women who work in the industry it's not always it's not always easy it's not always you know you don't really get to see um series or sports talk about successful women in the industry so when you find other people you know kind of building your tribe um it really does help define your passion and just you know stay in that group together 100 i mean i'm very grateful to now be so involved in the motorsports world especially as um i think at this point at coda i am the most um or one of the only uh, vice presidents that's a female and um, I am the only one that's of color. And so it's really interesting to, I think, be sitting in this seat, you know, from a perspective of if you look, you know, years, years and years back into the sport um, and how the landscape is changing. Um, it's exciting to be a part of and to represent as well. And I think that's what also inspires me to make sure that whether it's, you know, creators or um, interns that we have or anything along those lines that we're continuing to open up the door for uh, women in the sport to feel welcome and included for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I love that for you. I'm so happy <laughs> to hear that. Oh my God. I mean, you're killing it. If you weren't, I would be like, there's something wrong. <laughs> Thank um, you. You're so sweet. All right. So before we wrap, we have something called um, our rapid fire section on the podcast oh <laughs> where I will ask you three questions. You have to be rapid. You have to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, and there's only three questions. So, you know, little room for error. All right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> See if I can get this on the first try. You, you're going to get this. <laughs> All right. Question number one. What is your favorite and least favorite part about your job? Favorite part of my job is uh, race weekend, 100%, USGP weekend, uh, the people that I meet, the things I get to experience, favorite part, um, and my coworkers. Least mm -hmm. favorite part is how much I work. <laughs> I work a lot. <laughs> you do. I remember that. I remember even during the media day, I was just like, Katie, you need to like go Sit back down. and sleep or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I work a lot. So yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. 
Second question, what is the one thing that you want any USGP attendees for this year to know about? Or I can give you a pass on this and <laughs> one thing they should carry. Okay, one thing that you should carry is a bucket hat. I swear by a bucket hat because it protects you all the way around. And even if it's like really good temperature wise, we have sun people. And if it rains a little <laughs> bit, then you also are protected mostly from some rain. So your bucket hat is your best friend. <laughs> very trendy, very on brand. Valtteri there you go. Be very happy to hear that. <laughs> Um, and then third question is, have you had, I'm sure you've had plenty, but the first pinch me moment that you've had in your job at Cora so far? My first pinch me moment. Oh my gosh. Can I give you two of these? Yes. As many <laughs> okay. as you want. My pinch me moment, and I'm going to separate this from my work self. This is going to be from my fangirl self, um, was doing the driver gifting last year and getting to hold a conversation with Charles Leclerc. That's why, like, <laughs> that was a pinch me moment. Um, the most polite human being I've ever met. That makes um, me so happy. Yeah, it was really cool and um, obviously fun to get to customize the gift and things like that. Um, but then I think the pinch me moment, you know, as a, as a professional was definitely, um, I was standing in front like of the so there's like the reserve seat section and there's the whole lawn for our super stage concerts on the end of saturday and thursday and friday are my absolute busiest days during mm -hmm. the usgp weekend this year saturday might also be crazy busy but last year i was standing there watching ed sheeran like you know a couple feet away standing on the actual track itself and like having a really great time which sounds so pathetic that all i can say is having a really great time but there was something about the the peacefulness of being like oh my gosh look at how much we've accomplished just in the last 36 you know 48 hours and you know the weeks of preparation and we hadn't even hit race day but i was standing there at that concert going wow like we do this and we put this together and all these people that are, you know, singing at the top of their lungs are having a great time because we did that. Yeah. And um, it really just hit me in that moment. I totally forgot that I was completely exhausted um, and had been sprinting around all day because <laughs> it was just very surreal, I think, to, to watch it come full circle. And then I actually did get to sit down and watch the race on Sunday. Um, and it just all came together for me in that moment. And I said, this is really cool. And I love my job. Yeah, I love that for you. I definitely think <laughs> that you are making you and the team are making a lot of Formula One fans so excited about attending the race or even just the sport in general. I definitely think that Media Day changed so many things for me personally. It was my first ever like race event. Well, you know what I mean? Like a motorsport event sure. um, from females in motorsport. And it really did introduce me to so many, you know, other creators. So your amazing team, your entire team is so nice. Um, such a pleasure to work with everybody. So I do think that that personally changed a lot of things for me to say like, okay, this is something I really actually love doing i think sure. before that i always felt a little bit of like imposter syndrome <laughs> but you know as women in the industry you always feel that and 100%. i always felt that like you know what am i doing here like do, does katie know who she's invited like i don't know <laughs> uh but 
I do think that changed a lot of things for me. And I think a lot of people who are even just fans going to races definitely feel that way. So yeah, you guys 100%. are just doing an amazing job. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, I think the biggest thing regarding that imposter syndrome, because I, I remember Emma saying that too. She walked up to me and was like, why, why did you invite me? And, um, and I, She's what's so crazy, I know she is, but what's so crazy about that is, I mean, I feel it too. You know, I'm sitting in my office right now thinking about what I do and the team that I'm responsible for. And I don't even think it's necessarily women in motorsports. I think it's women in careers and like professional, this idea that we have imposter syndrome because it's still something like culturally and structurally that we are trying to get out of is this idea that we can be, pardon my language, but boss ass bitches. Mm -hmm. And like, (laughs) I, but but it's true, I mean, being these really incredibly competent and strong and um, creative and thoughtful and empathetic leaders and professionals in whatever space that you're working in, um, it's it's not necessarily the most natural feeling in the world. And so all I can do is continue to try to do my absolute best to set some relative formative example and, you know, continue to invite people out who can hopefully feel like they're important because they are and that we totally value everything that they contribute to not even just the motorsports world, Mm -hmm. but the creative space. Like as a marketing and communications professional, I view almost everyone on social media as a, you know, person in the space. And so, um, anyways, all that to say, it's whatever we can do to hold hands to all kick the imposter syndrome together. You know, I think it's a lot of just supporting each other and continuing to be advocates for, um, you know, just how immensely capable we are. So absolutely 100%. I think that's a great message to even leave with our listeners today, who are all obviously um, advocates of women in motorsport. And that's why they're listening to this podcast today. But also just so they can see that you guys are doing a really great job in building and forging those relationships, not just for yourself, but for creators themselves, and um, even for fans and that fan engagement, and especially any female fans who are going to be at the US Grand Prix this year. Um, So thank you so much again, Katie, for joining me. This has been such a nice conversation i mean i always love talking to you but um this has been really really special and i really appreciate you taking the time i always love talking to you as well and anytime thank you so much for having me i'm quite quite honored and i'm really excited to see you in a few weeks for the grand prix i know me too me too i can't wait